All right, Fern and I are back. Best hour of their day. Sorry that you guys had to deal with Todd last week. My bad. Let's talk about this, your haircut, real quick. <laughs> you know what? It hasn't been addressed on this show. I was thinking about it earlier. Two weeks ago today, you and I got on a call. I'm like, hey, dude, I got to get moving. I got to get my haircut. And you didn't really think of it. And then the next time you saw me, my head was pretty much, you know, buzzed. I'm bald. Well, you had told me that you got your hair trimmed. So, you know, like it, you got it adjusted. But now you look like a 12-year-old boy with a beard. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> the uh, look I was going for. But Well, yeah, kudos to your barber then. Yeah. In all, <laughs> Sophia, shout out. Uh, in all seriousness, though, Todd did a great job. What is the RX episode? Got a ton of feedback from us, and hopefully it opened a lot of our people's eyes to the – I don't know, what would you call it? The scarlet letters, if you will, of CrossFit. Yeah, it's definitely, it's something that should be discussed a little bit more frequently. I think be, a lot of people like to avoid it because it's uncomfortable and uh, it, it can it can create a little bit of, I don't want to say conflict, but a little bit of, you know, you know, personal issues being complete, but it have to be. You know, it, it all can be avoided. And and if you're having trouble with it, like understand that there will be some some sort of transition period, like as you start to educate people a little bit more and they start to understand the value of it. Like for instance, today I had a member who's been with us six years and she's pretty fit. You know, she's got two kids. Um, you know, she works, she's a single parent, but she got her first strict handstand push-ups and she was stoked, but that's because she does what we tell her to do. You know, and, and you and I have spoken about it, Todd and I have spoken about it uh, at length, where we've said, you know, even bad CrossFit yields results. It turns out just doing functional movements, doing them with a bit of intensity behind them, even with bad form or bad coaching, still gets great results. And that's why CrossFit is taking over the, the certainly the fitness industry, if not the world. And we'll be a part of it this weekend at the affiliate gathering up in Whistler. We're excited to talk to... You know, the Chucks, the Bozzes, the Castros, the Coach Glassmans are all going to be there. Hopefully, we'll grab a couple of them for the podcast. Chuck's going to be there? Yeah, from what I've heard, Chuck, Dave, Boz, and a handful of other people are doing the whole motorcycle thing up from California to Whistler. I didn't know Chuck could ride a motorcycle. I, You know what? First of all, Chuck Man, is many skills, dude. <laughs> Chuck listens to this show. One of the most downloaded I'm not – I'm not knocking it. I'm, I'm, he I, like as if he could go up any higher on my list. Like he just went up a little bit more. There's, there's nothing that Chuck can't do. Uh, Chuck, if you're listening, know that Ackerman is the one that said that. Not that you had to distinguish our voices, but yeah, they're going to head up. Mine is considerably deeper. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I edit, you know, post production, I edit our voices to sound similar. <laughs> but, but, you know, they're, they're going to all be up there. Chuck, yeah, Chuck's a, you know, turning 50, and, and I know he was considering buying himself a Harley at some point, or, you know, his wife had talked about, you know, potentially, they, I don't think it's going to happen, but at, yes, he can ride a motorcycle, he's going to be there, but I'm in San Jose, you're still home in Virginia Beach, we're going to be up there on Thursday, let's dive into this, because we have a lengthy email, we always, 
tell our listeners, hey, we're here for you. We, if you have questions, comments, concerns, we're going to talk about them on the show. And that's what, this is almost like the love line of CrossFit. Remember Dr. Drew and love line? I do remember that. It was kind you of know? faster, but yeah. So we're going to, we're going to dive into this one. I don't want to give a name, but just know he's a former member of mine. I mean, not that that's giving away thousands of members, good dude. And that, you know, I got his email and I was like, let's, let me just discuss this with Fern. Cause I think it's relative. And I think a lot of people will, will empathize with it. I'm going to do my best to read through it at a good pace. Cause it's a long email. Hey Jay, hope it all is well. I'm really loving the podcast. After listening a bit, I thought I might bring my current situ- situation to you to get your advice and possibly give you some topics to address on the show. Currently, my wife and I both coach at the box we go to. We are both L2 and have quite a bit of coaching experience. She has been coaching CrossFit for quite a long time and is studying for her L3. Now, in fairness, studying for your L3 does not make you an L3 coach. So a lot of people are studying for it, right? Um, that's me interjecting there, by the way. But I uh, just wanted to give some you know, context here. When we first joined the gym, we really liked it. The community was growing and the owner was very enthusiastic about it. He had a lot of plans on improvements he was going to make as the gym grew. We were eventually asked to be coaches and everything was going pretty well. As time went on, the owner became more and more absent. His training seemed to take precedence over the community. He was doing his own programming during class hours and allowing other members to do so as well. I'm a firm believer in practice what you preach. So if the programming you're putting on the whiteboard isn't good enough for you, then why is it good enough for your members? And of course, Fern, Todd, and I have spoken at length about all of that. I mentioned the open gym policy to him a few times, and he agreed that class should take precedence, but he never really enforced it. These issues have created a bit of a divide amongst the membership and have caused a good amount of them to leave. The community overall has just been a bit flat as of late. There's been a lack of coaching feedback or improvement. Basically, anyone who has their L1 and is allowed to just coach. I guess you could say that our approach to coaching CrossFit doesn't always fall in line with the owners. He likes to say he's open to feedback, but it's not been the case thus far. I don't want it to sound like it's all bad, but it's been something my wife and I have been discussing for a while. We've come up with a few different solutions. All right, so that's kind of the backstory. Here are his solutions, and then Fern and I will discuss, and I'm sure... A lot of people listening have been in a similar situation, be it as a member or as a coach. I'm sure when I owned the boxes that I had plenty of coaches feeling this way. And and I felt this way as a coach at boxes, you know, around the country. But let me go into his three quick solutions. So option A, we leave and join a new gym. The problem is we don't really know if the grass is greener. Great point there. Our box is the most convenient for us and it provides us the opportunity to coach, which as you know, wouldn't be guaranteed if we left. Coaching is really important to my wife. So if we were to leave, what is the right approach when you would like to become a coach at a new box? So we've, we discussed that a little bit a few weeks ago, right, Fern? Yeah. All right, let's go to option B. We stay and make the best of it. That's like many uh, marriages out there, right, Fern? <laughs> I'm not at all. That came off completely wrong. Jess, if you're listening. Now. My, my marriage is great. <laughs> Jess, I'm sure you don't actually listen to this show, but if you do, I didn't mean for it to come off that way. We did just have a coaches meeting over the weekend and issues were certainly addressed. He did say he was going to handle the open gym situation. He was going to start doing the, the workouts on the whiteboard. He was also open to more coaching feedback and improvement. 
We really do like the community as a whole. We've made some great connections with the majority of the members. I guess the question here is, how as a coach do I manage dealing with an owner who you don't always agree with? And then of course, option C, my wife and I open our own gym. And I'll, you know, talk about all of that. He's asked me a little bit about that specific area, which I don't want to dive into because it might give away a little bit. So I'll talk to him personally about that. Fern, let's dive into this. Quite a long email, but that's what we do here yeah. on Loveline. I mean, best hour of their day. But where would you start with that? So I would start with, A, this might be the most common scenario that I, that I've heard like in the, in 10 years, you know, yeah, like, I, I, I can't think of a, I can't think of there's the vast majority of gyms are probably have sprung up from another gym where they were unhappy. Now there's arguments on both sides of that, like whether the result of that was good or bad. So we won't go down that road, but um, this is something I was at a level two in Kansas city this weekend with Steve Haydock and Nicole Gordon and this is this is a very typical scenario that people start to realize as we sit through some of the programming discussions in the level two, which is, oh my God, we've been doing far too much in our classes. It doesn't allow me to coach, but I don't write the programming. What do I do now that I know that what I'm doing is flawed? How do I navigate this scenario? So if if you're... If you think you're the only one, you're not. I mean, this is, I mean, top one or two problems that gets posed at a level one or level two. Yeah, and we've said that in some past episodes, and I think that's really important to reiterate. The reason, you know, we get a lot of questions, Fern and I, um, via Instagram, at best hour of their day. And then, of course, this came in via Gmail, best hour of their day at gmail.com. So... Sorry, I had a pop up on my, on my uh, computer. So we, we, we get this a lot of questions often, but this one comes in quite a bit in different kind of variations. But one thing we've said over and over for, from I think a lot of times in the CrossFit world, a lot of people are in a very small bubble. You and I travel the world, we coach at different boxes, we talk to some of the best coaches in the world, and we see that CrossFit is very much like the real world. You know, the old show where it's like the characters are the same every season, the problems yep. are the same every season. And that's why we try to find these questions that, that kind of resonate with the most people. And I think the only really thing that we can distinguish here from people is whether or not they coach at the box. Right? So we see this question come in as members and then as coaches. And it's kind of, it's, it's really one and the same because at the end of the day, I mean, the, the emailer laid out the three options, really. You stay and deal you know, you, or you, you try to make the best of it or you, you leave and try to do your own thing. Yeah. So we'll go down their three options. So we'll start with option A, which is leave, go find a new gym. And the, the question there is always, I don't know what a new gym is going to be like. Well, that's a pretty, I don't want to say easy, but go drop on a semi-frequent basis because one day or even one week is not enough time to determine, you know, what is the culture at a gym? Talk to the members, talk to the coaches, ask them some general and specific questions and see what the answers are. I think everybody thinks it's greener on the other side. Behind every curtain, there's some degree of a mess. I don't, I don't care what the organization is. It is 
very rarely in my experience, you, when you look under the hood or you're like, this is exactly what I expected. It is generally not. Um, it, now the degree of the problems once you pop the hood is where the variance happens. So go check it out. Like you may walk into another gym and just love it. And then that just solves your problem right there. And you can go be a great part of a different community. Um, option so, B. Well, before yeah, you go to option B, let, let me play a little devil's advocate. So whether we, let's, let's even look at Virginia beach. How far is you, is the closest box to Rife? five minute drive is that what you said either direction yeah i have two gyms that are equidistant either direction for me so the the, the challenge that's going to arise for some of these people is well if i go check out another box someone's going to find out to which my answer is so what okay well how would how would you expect a box owner to handle that like a professional, which I know is, which is not probably, probably not going to be the case in a lot of instances. I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but I'm serious. That answer what, is exactly why my friend Alice loves you. Cause she just <laughs> like, that was a total fern answer right there. I love it. Now. So first, and I, Again, there's a, there's a lot of varying reactions to this, and I could we could probably discuss all of them. One is somebody gets butt hurt, right? And they're like, why would you go to another gym, right? The other one is somebody who just think anything of it, who's kind of obvious. They're like, okay, cool, hope it was great. And the third one, which is I think where most people should live, is they should be more inquisitive. They should ask why, ask how it went. Was there anything they liked about it? Was there anything you disliked about it? And then that way you can get some feedback. So I have members who regularly, when they travel, uh, go to other gyms. And they come back and they went to this other gym. And I ask those two questions. What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? If there's something they liked about it, I try to steal it. If there's something they did, didn't like about it, I try to make sure that we don't replicate that negative experience. So I think that's the first thing is ask your members. You know, like if you're a coach or a box owner, you should ask them when was the last time they dropped a gym. What about it? We have the, the, I guess the advantage of traveling to a lot of gyms, which is like, so we get a lot of different exposure to different ideas and different cultures and different coaching and different warmups and different logistical layouts and, and all that stuff. So constantly getting fresh eyes on different gyms, but not everybody gets that. They live in that little bubble where this is the only CrossFit gym in the world. And then they leave that bubble and it's either burst or they're very confident in what they have in their own gym. Yeah, I was telling Roz actually yesterday in the car, you know, we're thinking about spending a little bit of time in different areas. And I said, one thing I would do differently is really try to be able to go to multiple CrossFit boxes. You know, whether, in, I think that's one thing that doesn't happen in the CrossFit world. You're a member of one box and it's, you know, cause it costs $200. You're not gonna be a member at multiple gyms. But it's nice to have that change of scenery, change of environment, change of community, different maybe class times, maybe one box has AC and one box doesn't kind of thing. And it's most members don't have access to that. You know, as a, as a coach, maybe you do because you can coach at different spots. But yeah, I think you, you talk to the average CrossFitter and they've been to one, maybe two boxes. Yeah, unless they travel frequently for work. Yeah, I mean, or you see, like, you know, we're in Vegas, and, and you know, we had Joe Teepee on the show, and there was clearly some crazy drop-ins happening. Um, but you can kind of get an idea of what their box is like based on what they do when they drop in other boxes. 
So, yeah, so that's, that's the first thing is like, go try out the gyms and just, and then just look and, and ask questions and learn and just observe, you know, like I, I have always had this desire to just go to every gym in Virginia beach across a one month period, not for no other reason to just observe. And some people would be turned off by that. And they're like, you're stealing some of their ideas. And the answer is yes. Absolutely. Why not? If it's good, it's good. You know, so, and if it's bad, it's bad. Can you think of anything that you have stolen from a everything? Well, I, there, I, have, I have very, I have very few original ideas in my gym or within my coaching. Like that, and that's a, that is a, an extremely accurate statement. I like, and that's mm. coming from one of the best coaches in the world. Listeners just take, you know, you don't have to be this super creative genius. You just have to do the things that work and do them well. I'm, I'm thinking of most of the things that people come in and they see in our gym as far as logistical layout or equipment. 99.9% of it was stolen from something that I saw somewhere else. All right. So let's dive in. What were you going to say about his second scenario, which is basically stay and suck it up? Stay and suck it up is is an option they there needs to be a conversation that needs that with the coach now and you can kind of force that conversation and 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 maybe maybe by visiting other gyms is a good way to force the conversation you know if you're not around for a week and you just tell the 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 owner hey listen i'm going to take two weeks off from coaching we're going to bounce around to some other gyms that's going to, if it, if it doesn't force a question, that probably just answers this whole thing for you. Yeah, that's hard though. Cause imagine a scenario where you're at a nine to five job and you approach your boss and you're like, Hey, appreciate the job. I'm going to go check out a few other jobs, work for them for a couple of weeks. I'll be back though. But it's not a nine to five job. I mean, how free, what's the, what's the, how many classes are they coaching? They're not full-time employed there. Correct. Right. So I, I understand where it's like, Hey, if you're coaching two to four hours a week and you're unhappy, it's not as if this is your income, you know, yeah. Grant, if, if it were your full-time job, that's a different scenario. There are coaches that it's a different list, story. Right. And, and you probably have a greater well, impact. In both scenarios, it should be. a Yeah. In, in both scenarios, my recommendation is approach it like a professional because again, the reaction to that, will help you make your decision. So if, if you say that and the person isn't in a, and alarms don't go off in this person's head as to why, like what is wrong? Why are you unhappy? Why do you feel the need to go somewhere else? Then that's an easy, that's an easy out. You just walk out and, and do that, you know? Um, but I would sit down and I would express those concerns with potential solutions while also being prepared for none of those solutions to be received well right and so i think you have to walk in with some sort of realistic expectation is that most gym owners that's their baby that's their thing they're very emotionally attached to it they're not open to objective or subjective feedback for that matter and you're likely going to hurt their feelings if you say this thing that you put a lot of time in kind of sucks and and, and i think if you're listening and especially if the, this person's listening and it's important to come up with, like you've said, solutions, not just problems. And too many people come up with problems and 
I think what also happens from the coaches level and the members level is it's the same thing as, as what's happening on the CrossFit as a, you know, we look at things as a macro and microcosm. Everyone is hating on coach Glassman, right? Everyone hates on Glassman or Castro when it comes to the games and they have no idea what it takes to do what they're doing behind the scenes. And I think we, we can take a similar approach when it comes to a box level. Like you might look at, oh, Fern's messing up everything and he does this and he does that, but you don't realize, you know, Fern's looking at the numbers and Fern's doing, you know, making sure the programming works based on equipment and all these other things. So it is important to, to try to take the vantage point of the owner, to try to take the vantage point of the, you know, the box owner, and then not just approach like, hey, I hate these things, but also I don't like these, but here's what I think will work better. So that's my recommendation there, which is <clears throat> I think you should put considerable amount of time into prepping for this meeting so that it, so that it has a lot of substance. So when you go to the gym owner, there's probably two buckets of information that you should arrive with. One is all of your personal feedback and be specific. Being general is makes this conversation really terrible. Uh, be very specific. Hey, this, these five things, this is what happened. This is the negative outcome of that. And then the other thing, which I think we've talked about as well, I think I talked about it on the podcast with Matt Albrizio from Forever Fierce. If the members are unhappy, I do think it is absolutely okay to go in and talk to the owner about specific members. And I think a lot of people to put way too much, they're way too afraid to reference people by name. When I think that is appropriate because that person's specific problem needs to be addressed with that specific person. And if it's addressed inappropriately, well then the person should just leave, right? So if, if you say that, if I go to my gym owners and I say, hey, Jason is really upset because the showers are super disgusting and there's never any clean towels there and my gym owner gets mad at Jason for that, well, that makes no sense. Those are legitimate gripes and they should say, oh, okay, well, cool, let's, let's address that and I'm going to go personally apologize to Jason for that, you know. But if you just say in general, people are unhappy, A, are they? You know, how many people? What is the degree of their unhappiness? You know, we had something similar where um, I was told by some staff something that a member was unhappy. And we I have no idea why some of the staff chose this member, but when I, I was like, who? Who is the person? And they said, this person. I went and talked to them and find, it come to find out that person was not unhappy at all. They were just like, I don't know what you're talking about. It, to which point I had to sat down with staff. I was like, you're just making things up because you, you don't, you don't like it. And if you don't like it, then just say you don't like it. And that's fine. But don't pawn that off on everyone or some people in air quotes, like be specific because it's generally not as many people as, as, as they say. So when you go in there, go with your specific issues with solutions and then go in with member specific issues and solutions because if it is one to five people um can make one to five people very very happy by addressing their concerns rather than just having them continue to to have this unhappiness that festers inside and then they leave and then other people leave so it's kind of a rant but no and i think you know a, a big part of it is that it gets overlooked is 
we, we all love CrossFit so much and we all love our boxing community so much that whether you're the owner, the coach, or the member, we take it very personally. And what you're suggesting that has to happen better is, you know, kind of removing that attachment to it all and just approaching it like a business and approaching it with directiveness, like you're suggesting and honesty. And it's like really anything else. If you just communicate a little bit better, it's why you and Jess have such an amazing marriage. It's the communication. We work on it. It's not just, always amazing. <laughs> I just, in case she's listening, I'm still making it's up. It's just, I, it, it's just better than yours. Uh, um, no, but I do. So there's, there's something, yeah, there's something that I think is, is pretty strange about CrossFit. So right now we're talking about coaches, but this happens very frequently with athletes or, or we'll call them customers of the gym. They're, I don't, I cannot think of the number of people that have come into my gym who are, they come in to tell me they're unhappy at another gym. At which point we start discussing memberships and they're like, well, that's kind of high. I'm just going to stay over here at, at the gym that I'm unhappy with. And for the, for the most part, on the high end, we would be talking about 30 to $35 difference. To which point my question to this person is, that sounds insane. Why would you make that decision? So you're telling me that the $35 difference is worth you continuing to be unhappy. At which point I'm saying you shouldn't pay any amount of money for something that you're unhappy with, right? So for you to tell me that you're not willing to pay $35 more to be happy and that you're just perfectly fine being unhappy for $35 savings, then I can't help you. You you'd actually don't know what you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the old expression, but cutting off your nose type of thing. Just by your face. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, let's 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 dive into scenario three, which is all right. We open our own box. I, I most of the time I would recommend against it. Yeah, that's like getting into a, a little fight with your wife over who has to do the dishes and being like, "Fuck it, I'm out." Or I go to a restaurant that I like that I frequent on a very, you know on a weekly basis and all of a sudden the food starts to be not as good as I once thought it was. And then I decide, you know what, I'm going to start my own restaurant. That doesn't make any sense. You know, it's, it's this, it's this misconception. And I think we should have more conversations about it in general in the CrossFit community that running businesses is easy simply because you're passionate about it. It is not. I, I would actually argue that it is far more difficult when you're passionate about it because your passion can push you to make irrational decisions. It jades you big time. Yeah. And, you know. and not only that, I mean, it pushes you. That's a really good point. And also you take every, you cannot check out. There's no punching out when you own a CrossFit box. And if you're able to, you're probably not really running a successful box. So here's how this unfolds almost 100% of the unhappy at my gym. I'm like, whatever, we're going to start our own gym. We go, we spend, I don't know, we spend our money, we take out a loan, whatever. And then we have the conversation be like, we don't even care if we make money. We just want a good community. So there's a couple mistakes there. Number one, you, if you don't already own a business, you're just going to 
put yourself at a ton of risk and, and start a business when you have, where you have no experience, right? And now, truth be told, this is where a lot, this is how a lot of CrossFit gyms start, which I'm not even sure is a good thing at this point because I, I don't think there's a ton of CrossFit gyms that are thriving, right? Where the box owner is getting what they need from the business. And Chris Cooper talks about this at length. So I go start this gym. And then I end up making all of the same mistakes that I was unhappy with because I thought it was easy and nobody takes into account the logistics involved, all of the reporting that's involved, the long work hours, the coaching development and the personnel problems and the membership issues. All they see is like, I show up, I coach my classes and I love it and it's fun. And if that's the case, start working out in your garage and have a really good time there. But very rarely have I seen it, you know, like really like somebody leave a gym and then, and then they just crush it when they leave. They might take a couple members and they end up being a different flavor of the same gym with all the same problems. Exactly. So it, it's, it's funny how CrossFit is one of those. And I'm sure it's, it's common in other businesses elsewhere, but it is true. It's like this, this unique business structure where when you love it, you open your own. And that's why out of 15,000 affiliates, I mean, affiliates are closing, first of all, you know, not many have over 100 members. And it's because we're doing it for this, I wouldn't say for the wrong reasons, but you're just not doing it right. You're doing it for the right reasons without taking into consideration that two things can be true at once. You can, you can do things for the right reasons and do them poorly. Yes. Good, good point. Very good point. You know, which is unfortunately where I would probably put the majority of CrossFit boxes. Yeah. I mean, and, and just if, we're talking, about, if we're talking, if we're solely talking about financial health. Yeah. And, and, and a simple analogy, Hey, I, I thought I was doing something right. I'm going to do the dishes, but I didn't use any dish soap. And my wife doesn't really care that I tried to do something right. You still did it poorly, like Fern said. You still did it terribly. And it doesn't matter because all it ends up happening is I end up not being able to serve the people that I want to serve. I end up not being able to provide great service and great results to all these people that are looking for that and that I have the tools from a training standpoint to give them. Yeah, and so I, and that, that I do recommend, I recommend against that almost every single time. Well, and I've seen it happen before and, and here's what I don't typically like about it. And I don't know that this is that scenario, but like you said, it's like, Hey, I'm going to open my own box and it becomes basically the same thing. And then you're, you're battling over the same members, right? Most people don't open a new box like that and think to themselves, my goal is to get the rest of this greater, you know, uh, county or town or wherever you live to hear about CrossFit and come in, they just think, well, I'm going to open, I'm going to steal 50 members from my current box and be making money. And that's not the right reason. It's probably not going to happen that way. Yeah. I mean, most people aren't going to leave, even if they're unhappy for all the reasons we've already laid out, thrown to the fact that it's just convenient. It's on their way to work. All those little things. I don't care if you undercut the price when someone's in the groove for the last two years of hitting the gym on their way to work and dropping off the kids or whatever, they're, they're not going to change that because you opened a box, you know, two miles away. No. So 
with regard to the first scenario, go check out some other gyms. It's just good to get some fresh eyes and for no other reason than stealing some things that they do well and bringing them back to your gym, right? So that can, doesn't have to be a negative. It can be an absolute positive. The second one, which I'll kind of dive into here in just a second, is I think probably the better option, right? So I would go with either option A or B, depending on how severe the problem is at this gym. Option C, we're starting your own gym. I just don't know that that's the best option for so many reasons. We're, we are consulting of a little bit of the micro gym community at this point. And to think that you're just going to open them from scratch, not know anything and do it better is probably not accurate. So let's go with option B. Here's what I would do. I would go in, I would a provide some solutions to the problems that I see. I would offer my services in a little bit more capacity. So ask the gym owner, what things are you struggling with or do you not like to do within the gym? Uh, I'd be happy to take those from you. Like, do you need a GM? You know, where I, the other really weird scenario I think is that people uh, will, for whatever reason, propose buying into said gym for partial ownership. So buying into something that is, that is not doing well Nobody would ever do that in any other aspect for the most part, um, unless you were a VC and you had all these structure behind it as far as like restructuring and then, and then probably either piecemealing and selling it off or whatever. But the, the gym probably doesn't make enough to support two owners, number one, doesn't make enough revenue or profit for that matter. So I, and I've had this conversation with a coach recently who was considering buying in. I said, absolutely not. I said, just grow the gym, secure your employment there as a GM and save yourself all the stress of business ownership. Would you, would you prefer to make 40 to $50,000 as a GM and have the owner just be absentee and you can kind of do what you want? Or do you want to take this big poop sandwich and, and have it be yours, you know, which, which I can assure you that you do not. Um, so there might is, be some things. Go ahead. You know, that's true. It's like in, in the crossover world for some reason, because it looks so easy and it looks so fun, people just, want to own a business where in reality if this were anything else you'd be like i'll just take the job be able to check out at 5 p.m every day take my benefits be able to go on vacation with my family not worry that someone's going to cancel or get hurt and, and be a lot happier yeah so maybe there's opportunity for full-time employment there which is another i've had this conversation like three times in the past week i mean how many coaches do they have on staff if they have 12 to 15 see if you can pitch the idea of reducing it to four, at which point there's probably enough revenue there for full-time employment, you know? So it, you would just be the person there um, because there's, there are worse jobs than working in a CrossFit gym, um, assuming that you're getting paid a living wage. So, you know, there might be some other things there to address and, and create your own opportunity within the gym while simultaneously making the gym owner happy versus just walking into the his office his or her office and as my as my first commanding officer in the military told me he was, I came in and I presented a problem and he just told me to get out and I, I was confused and he called me back in later and he says listen what you did is hand me a drunk monkey right so imagine a scenario everybody in this world is walking around with their own little drunk monkey right? Like everybody's got one. You're born with one and that drunk monkey holds all of your problems, 
right? And then all I did was walk into your office and give you my drunk monkey. And now you have two drunk monkeys running around in your office. He says, I don't need any more drunk monkeys. I've got my own. So next time you come into my office, don't come in here unless you have a solution. And like, I've remembered that conversation since then. And that was in April of 2005. And so that's what I try to tell everybody. I'm like, I don't need any more problems. Nobody needs any more problems. Provide solutions. And if you don't have solutions, at least acknowledge that you're trying to think of solutions, yet you have yet to find one. That at least makes me feel better. But anytime somebody just walks in and be like, hey, the, uh, the laundry's not getting done, to which my response is, why aren't you doing it? Like, why, why is it not getting done? You know, I'm like, your arms don't seem to be broken, you know? So I love it. I love that. That's really good. Drunk monkeys. So with all that being said, drunk monkeys coming at us, we're, 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 we're telling this guy. And if someone's listening in a similar situation, it's all about communicating, you know, see some options out there, drop into some boxes, see what you like, see what you don't like. Maybe it'll give you a better vantage point on your own box and realize, hey, this isn't so bad. But if it is, approach your box owner with solutions, not with drunk monkeys. Yeah, I think it, it, you're, you're far more likely to have a positive interaction with the owner if that is the case. If you walk in there, because most gym owners are not going to admit this, but most of them are stressed out. Most of them don't, don't know what to do. And I know this because I've been there and I am still there in many cases. Like the problems are just different now. So they don't need any more of that, particularly from somebody on the staff. If it's a consumer or customer, that's different. You have to address that. But if it's the staff, you have to teach your staff, like either solve it or come to me with said proposal for solving it. But don't just come in and hand me a problem. Chances are, I probably already know about it anyway. You know, so thanks Captain Obvious in that scenario. Um, and, and I also think it's, you're going to have things you don't like when you're not the owner. That doesn't mean you want to be the owner. That means, hey, I work for this guy. He is going to have some protocols, some, you know, opinions, some decisions that I don't necessarily jive with 100%. That doesn't mean they're wrong. But if, you're, if you want to change them, like, like Fern has said, have a solution, but also accept the fact that he is the boss. And there are some things you do have to deal with as a either member, coach, or, you know, full-time employee at the box. And another strategy, strategy from a problem-solving standpoint is, you know, choose your battles here. Maybe don't walk in with the one that is likely to create conflict. Maybe walk in with like some lower level issues and just prove to the box owner that you're there to help rather than, expose the fact that the gym has problems because that is going to hurt somebody's feelings unless they're just a you know the consummate professional and constantly asking you for feedback most people are going to get butt hurt about that so choose some of the things that you can fix pretty quickly and then have a follow-up meeting after that and address the second set of issues that you have to present to him with solutions and you can work your way to that big one but now i've created a rapport with the owner as a problem solver and they're open to my feedback and my solutions rather than just being like, thanks, I appreciate your criticism of the gym, but you don't know what this is like because that's how most gym owners feel. Hey, let's, 
let's wrap this up, but let's do a little role play and, and let's, let's kind of dive into this. So let's say I'm the emailer and let's take what seems to me to, to be the biggest problem, which is the, the owner, hey, you're the owner, Fern, and I, I approach you, Fern, um, you're, you're doing your own thing a lot of times and I, I'm hearing from uh, three of the members, you know, Johnny, Susie, and Kelly that they see you doing your own thing and they're not doing it. Can we discuss that for a minute? Yeah, sure. What did they give you any details on what it is they don't like about it? Well, I think what they don't like about it is they, they really look up to you. You're the owner, you're very fit and they see you doing your own thing and they think they need to do that to get fit also. I was not aware of that. Now there's one of two scenarios. I'm doing this program, make it up. Let's say they really need to do a program. So we'll do that. Who would, no one really needs to do a program. Though. They, they don't. So right. uh, the first thing I would probably say is like, I'm going to try to jump into classes a little bit more. That's a legit concern, right? If I, if, if I'm never in the classes, that's a problem. Uh, the other thing is, um, do you think they're interested in some personalized programming? I'm happy to do that for them. If they, if you think they are, let me know and I'll set up a personal consult with them and we'll discuss this whole thing. And maybe there's an opportunity for me to give them uh, a little bit more of what they're looking for along the lines of what potentially I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, those are both great solutions. And I think it really just came from an open dialogue. You know, some others that were kind of running through my head are, Hey, whatever program he is following, maybe we throw in those workouts and they become the class workouts, even though it would only be a portion of what he's doing and then he can do those with class or like you said just hop into if you need your own programming to begin with chances are doing one or two additional metcons a week shouldn't impact you greatly just hop into class twice a week you know or make sure you're doing it off hours like hey cool you're doing your own thing but can you do it when there isn't class you own the place you're here all the time you know so there's yeah. all sorts of scenarios but it starts with that dialogue yeah and then maybe Maybe you can present the option of, hey, people really kind of are interested in that programming that you're doing. Do you think we could do that for the gym? And then you could just work out in the class because now, now everybody gets to keep get, get what they want. That owner gets to do that special programming and the members get to do that with the owner, to which point the counter argument might be from the owner. Well, people aren't prepared for that. Well, hey, I'll be more than happy to uh, provide all, all of the scaling options for that program. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like you said earlier, it's not just, you know, even when you have a solution, make sure you're not just handing a solution over and expecting the owner or someone else to do all the work either. The solution may entail, well, I have to do a little more work now, but everyone's going to be happier. So let's go, let's, let's continue role playing this because this, let's say the, he's, I'm completely resistant. Right? I'm like, whatever, I do my own program just because I want to. So they can get over it. Yeah, I mean, depending on how, what kind of angle, right? This is an employee still, so he's trying to be a little bit respectful, but you would try to figure out why they're trying to do their own programming, why they really need it. Obviously, you and I believe no one really needs their own programming, so we're going to come at from a slightly different perspective. But I would just, you know, okay, you really need your own programming. Can we just, I would then say, can we just take aspects of it and put them in class so, so you can do them with class so members can feel like they're doing the same thing as you. And then if you really want, let's program the auxiliary stuff as some open gym time 
And maybe that could even be like, hey, let's charge a little more and there's open gym or let's put out personal programming with those little pieces so the uh, coaches can make a little bit more money. There's so many ways that we can approach that. One of the other things just to put in your back pocket is just accept the answer. You can't change it. He's the boss. And then just say, okay, that's cool. I wanted to present it to you. However, I still think you should talk to Johnny, Susie, and Sally. They don't seem to be very happy, which means they're likely going to leave within the next 30 to 60 days. So I think as customers of your business, you should sit down and talk with them. And if you don't want to, that's fine. I'm just going to do my part to let you know. Yeah. And, and as an owner, you should be doing that regularly anyway. One of the, you know, in our private mentor group, we have quite a few coaches and I always tell people when they bring some problems to me, I'm like, Hey, talk to those people. But now I also want you to go talk to people that are really happy and find out why they're really happy. You know, and for the price of a Starbucks, you know, for five bucks, go sit down with one person a week. If you're an owner or a coach, choose one person a week, find out what they love about the place and dig deep. They're going to tell you it's the programming, it's the community, dig deeper than that. And that's really going to be what you should focus on. That, that is very much detailed in Michael McCallowitz's The Pumpkin Plan, uh, which Chris Cooper exactly. touts uh, uh, very regularly, which is how you start the process of replicating your seed clients. Um, so if you haven't read that book, go read it. Absolutely. Check that book out. And Fern, the new website is up, by the way. If people want to check it out, besthouroftheirday.com. Uh, all the old archives are there. We're going to have more content coming there. Currently, if you go there, bonus feature, it's mostly pictures of me. So if you guys want to see more pictures of me, get there today. Uh, Fern, Todd, Katie, they're all sending in their pictures to our web guy. So in the meantime, I'm the placeholder. So, it, so you'll, you'll want to check that out before you see too many pictures of Fern. It's a small placeholder, so it's not that big. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Fern. Well, next time I see you, we will be uh, at the affiliate gathering, hanging with um, some of the OGs of the CrossFit world. And if you guys have questions that you want to hear them answer, maybe hit us up, and we'll do our best to get that on a future episode of Best Hour of Their Day. But hopefully that helped. That was a really broad topic. We tried to cover as much as we can. And um, I think if we had to sum it up, what would you say, Fern? It's communication. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, it's communication and, and options. Communication and options. All right, Fern. I'll see you in a couple of days. Yes, sir. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, one more time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and send us any feedback you have to at Best Hour of Their Day on Instagram and best hour of their day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.